super excited to be sharing these Instagram live conversations with you. So you're going to notice the audio's not quite up to scratch of the full podcast, but still, they're great conversations to share. They're deep, they're varied. It gives me an opportunity to promote and support and champion many of those in the alcohol-free space who are all heroes in my eyes. You're going to love these conversations. They're Again, they're varied, they're niched, they're exciting, they're exhilarating, they're aspirational, and they're inspirational. All right, let's do this. Right, so I've accepted uh, Leanne's request. So hopefully, as if by magic, she will appear. There she is. Hello, good afternoon. Happy Friday. How are you getting on this? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good, thank you. How are you? How are you? Yeah, really good, really good. This is, this is so cool. I've been loving doing this now, getting to meet many of my alcohol-free heroes and uh, I love what you're doing. So to just like kick it off before you can get started, thank you for everything that you're doing in oh. the sober space, the alcohol-free space. Uh, you know, we need more people out there just coming at this from bazillions of different angles and with different stories and different niches. I'm just loving what you're doing. So, you know, so much of what you do, I identify with. So thank you for being oh, so Oh, thank fast. you, Andy. That's so kind, you know, and it's really lovely to hear because, you know, I do have those days where, you know, you feel a bit lonely. You think, am I shouting on my own? But then you've got all your sober community buddies that just reassure you that they're right behind you and they're with you as well. Thank you so much. But isn't that the cool thing? You know, again, I was winding back to sort of, you know, when I first started out on this, all of this stuff just didn't exist. Do you know what I mean? It literally was sort of myself and a couple of others out there banging the drum. And, and there was obviously the recovery community, which was, I think, very different to this, this sort of new wave that's coming through, which is so exciting around, you know, whether that's being alcohol-free or being sober and then all the different issues within, plant-based. And I know that's very much in your story and the veganism is yeah. in your story. And I just love that this platform, this social media platform that gets a bad rap at times in truth, actually in these formats, I think is a real force for good. You know, I don't know if that's something that you've experienced that, you know, it's yeah, literally with, with, without Instagram and social media, I wouldn't be where I am now. I certainly wouldn't still be sober. Um, I'd probably be in rehab. You know, and, and I mean, not just the aspect of the recovery side of it, but also mental health wise to meet yeah. so many like minded people. So many people that for such a long time you've thought I'm the only person like this. And actually, there's not. There's thousands of people out there. So I think every aspect of my life, social media has helped with. I know there are times when people, you know, dig out because they've got a bit of bad rep or they feel like they're being targeted, but it's such a useful and good tool if it's used in the right way. I'm sure you feel the same because it just gives you this platform that necessarily you wouldn't have. You know, I can't stand on my high street in Sturchley in Birmingham and people would listen to me. Do you, do you know what I mean though? And yeah. this gives me it gives me an extra voice to shout about sobriety and, you know, a healthier lifestyle and healthier living. I, yeah, and I always think that, actually, and I've replayed that in my own mind. If this was like, you know, a squillion years ago, we literally would be standing on some platform somewhere going, here this, everyone, this, I've got this story. To t Probably people would be throwing sort of rotten fruit or, or stuff at us, but it's so nice. And this is the modern-day equivalent, isn't it? And exactly that. And people can choose to listen or be interested yeah. in what you've got to say or not. And I know, like, lots of people, for example would see me giving it some in the morning, swipe past that, 
no interest, right? But what I know is secretly there is a bit of a swipe past, but it's like because I'm not ready to listen to it at the moment. But it's still sowing those seeds, I think, in people's minds that at some yeah. point, maybe three months, six months, a year, it's like, hold on, what was he saying again? Saying that thing about the alcohol free, or what's she saying again? So I think, you know, whatever way this is uh, portrayed or put out there, it's just such a good thing. It's such a good thing that it's allowing people to connect. And, and, like, and I think people trying to change, sorry, it's okay, and trying to change their lifestyle, go, they're so curious, you know, do dip in and out. They may, as you say, swipe past, but later on on a Friday night when they've drank heavily all week, they may watch it back yeah. on replay. Do you know what I mean? Because they're identifying with, they're not ready to take the leap, but they want more information. And I think that's a great thing also about the platform is you can take what you want from it and you can leave the rest. You know, you can, you can pick and choose and go back to things. Yeah, this is it. This is the, why, why it's so powerful, I think. Exactly that. When you're ready to hear that, that messaging. And, and you know it's like yourself. There's points in our life where we're just not ready. It's like no interest. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you were just like me. I was the person, in fact, you know, and, and I, I reflect, was the one I would, if someone didn't drink, for example, in my presence, I couldn't handle that. I didn't like it. It was shining that mirror or that light up on my own relationship with alcohol. And I would do everything in my power to try and get them to drink. You know, it's that, and, and I think it's it's that same scenario with this, isn't it? That we've been on that side and now we find ourselves very much on the other. And it's just a case of just sharing, I think, all the positives and all the benefits of this adventure that we're on. And then people can come to that as and when they're ready to hear it, if you know what I mean, because yeah. there are those trends. I, in life. I think, uh, you know, for many years I should have tried it, but I wasn't ready, as you say, to hear it. And like yourself, if people weren't joining in the party because they didn't want to shine on what I was going through, you know, I have bought people grams of cocaine before, you know, to, and given them it to make myself feel less bad. Yeah. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? But that that's the sinking ship. And to realise it's when you're ready, and I think that's key about anything to do with mindset and, and changing your your focus on your life and your health style is it's got to be when you're ready, because if it's not, and I think this is my sixth attempt at sobriety, hopefully yeah. the last, but, you know, I wasn't ready. I didn't have all the information. I didn't know anyone else that was sober. It was such a, a lonely way. And I think now there's so many of us talking about it and this platform is so open to different parts of it. You know, I think there is a stigma around alcoholism massively that needs to be crushed. And I think people necessarily in the sober community, as you said before, are highlighting, you know, people for a better life, i.e. Matt Pink, you know, going sober out of choice. There are people who are in recovery. There are people that are grey area drinkers. And I think we are given key information of the tools for them to use it. So I think it's so, so key, you know, just to have that focus. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's it. And that's all the different shades, like you say. So very much I come to it from that sort of prevention angle. There's nothing to give up yeah. and everything to gain. That's always been my sort of story. There wasn't, you know, a big rock bottom in it. It's always been this sort of aspirational thing of actually my life is so much better out without it. Why would I ever go back type approach? All the ways you say to that grey air drinking or, or middle lane drinking, as I described it, to that sort of, you know, the classic, I'm really struggling in recovery, but celebrating the wins of being sober. And it's just great that we can have these conversations now. And, and to come back to yeah. what you do, I absolutely love it. And so what was your sort of, your route into this? You mentioned it was sort of five or six times of sobriety, but then how yes. did that lend itself to sort of setting up sober little mother? And then even if you could explain the name for us as well. 
Yeah, so before um, my, I was li a little mother red before I became sober. So Got I it. just thought I'm just going to stick the sober in front of me. Because to be honest, every time I looked at a name, like it was taken. So I was like, just stick with what you've got, you know, change is never too good sometimes. Yeah. But um, yeah, like, so two years ago, we'll be on Sunday. I had a mental health breakdown, um, not one where I was carted off and sectioned, but one where family, friends had to, massive interventions. Um, I went to hospital because I was so poorly. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't actually speak on some days. Wow. You know, it was um, my whole body. It was like it had just given up. And at that point, I was still drinking. My daughter, I'll touch on it briefly, was born very, very poorly. And we've been through, you know, things that I, you know, I wish upon no one and it's completely tough. But I think everything, years of alcohol abuse, drug abuse, failed relationships. Um, I'm from, a, you know, I'm adopted myself. So I've always had family issues of belonging as well. And I think yeah. trauma throughout my life, all of a sudden, two years ago, bang, you know, and it was a it was a massive shock. And I did, you know, one point didn't want to be here. I took a lot of tablets, washed down with lots of vodka. Luckily, I was found and I'm here today. Um, and it was just what what happens now? I want to get better. I want to live for my daughter. And that was always the case. But I was so lost with my mental health that I just I honestly thought she's better off without me. She is yeah. just better off if I'm not here, if I'm out of the equation. Um, so I went to counselling, I did CBT, you know, you name it, I have done it counselling wise and I can't thank the NHS enough. If you can't go private, you know, the NHS is a wonderful tool and we're just so lucky to have them. And then I was speaking to a counsellor one day, obviously throughout my life, I'd always been told that, you know, drinking and drugs do have an effect on your mental health. But, you know, it's so much fun. You don't want to listen, do you? Yeah. Um, but it was a serious conversation and it was like, how much are you drinking? And I was like, just two or three. And she said, glasses a night. And I was like, no bottles. And that's when it was like, OK, do you think you need some help with alcohol as well? Um, I wasn't alcohol dependent, but I do think I had a massive problem with drinking. I would in the end drink every day. And I think I've only sort of accepted that now for a very long time. I kept saying to people, well, it wasn't every day, you know, it wasn't every day. But yeah. actually every day merged into one because I didn't know what was going on in life. I didn't know who I was or, or anything like that. So that was the massive kick. And that every time I went sober, I never went out and had this detrimental blowout when I did. Yeah. I'd have silly little hiccups, like I'd go and have one glass of wine, drink two sips of it and put it down, go home and cry because I'd failed myself. Yeah. So really, I think, you know, for about three years, I haven't, you know, haven't been drunk for three years and I have been sober for 14 months now. But I always knew it was leading towards this. And then also at the start of my sobriety journey, I found out that my daughter is going to need a kidney. Right. And I'm a single mom. So that kidney is going to be mine. So it needs to be oh, in really wow. good condition. So it's a good it, it does spur me on. You know, there are some days where that even doesn't matter. You know, when I'm stood in the wine aisle at Morrison's, you know, trying not to clutch at wine bottles. But, you know, it is it is a good kick up the bum to stay focused. And, you know, and she needs me. You know, I'm a sole parent. There is no one else around. 
And I'm, she has, and I want to set a good example. She can't drink in the future because of medication and her heart condition. So I kind of also wanted to normalise it as well. So when she gets into her teens, not like me, the peer pressure drink, you know, hooch. We were drinking hooch before double science. You know, it was, it was looking back, it was ridiculous because the information wasn't out there. If someone said, drink this and drink loads of it and have loads of fun, but actually could end up an alcoholic. I think I would have chose different, to be honest, Andy, you know. Yeah. So that that's my story, really. And here I am 14 months later looking at myself thinking I'd have looked at myself a few years ago and called myself a wanker because <laughs> I, just, I just wouldn't have thought that this was the life. And I can honestly say I am living, you know, it is a fight some days, yeah. but I'm living a life that I never dreamt you know, work-wise, family-wise, you know, my house, the lovely place, you know, everything I have now is nothing that I had before. And, I, and I'm a better mom as well, which is, is the main thing. And I'm present for every single second I have with my child because you don't get that back. And that's what sobriety is key focus for me is realised time. You know, time yeah. is so precious. And also two people that I know very close to me, my best friend and my cousin in the last 24 months have both passed away due to alcoholism. So it's real, folks. It's, you know, and that's that's my mission. That's why I shout so loud, because I couldn't do anything when they were here, but I will do something in their memory. Yeah, and that's really beautiful. And I think that's that motivation, not only for your lovely daughter, for yourself and for the, the memory mm -hmm of others is motivating you now to get out there and, and sort of sing, the, sing it from the rooftops. But equally, you know, it's just so lovely to hear your story and coming out the other side and like it is still an ongoing struggle at times, but equally the benefits are huge. And you mentioned time there. Yeah. I think that's just such a beautiful benefit to maybe talk about because like we all feel like we're time poor at times. And there is a lovely quote that I always come back to from a guy called Seneca, who's an ancient philosopher. It's not that we don't have enough time, it's that we waste so much of it. And I think, in truth, for many of us, we wasted so much time or time was wasted on alcohol and drugs or whatever the setup was, in the sense that it felt like there was none left. And then when you remove it, you get all this time back or the quality of time is there to appreciate what you've got as opposed to even just the, the, the extra hours that you get. And I think that in itself is often enough, can be the catalyst for people to create this sort of transformation in their life I don't know if you found the same yeah no I think you know I in the past abused time because it, it wasn't precious and now I realize how precious it was and that I wasted 25 years of my life not knowing week to week so some months I was I lived in Cavos for two years I can honestly say I've got one memory of it one day I remember one day that's it and, and it's crazy and I think when you do change your lifestyle and realize the importance of time you know, it's it's just something that i shout about because time is something that you use for everything time is the future time is the past time is the present and you have to use all those things to get what you want in life to really push yourself and give you that momentum and i think for, for me sobriety has just it just screams time at me. Don't waste any more time because you have one life and unfortunately can't do what you do with the old cassette players and wind it back. This is it. There's no dress rehearsals. You've got to go. And every second counts because with that second, you could be doing something. And I don't think I ever realised that. I thought, oh, it's just another Saturday that I'm lying in bed flicking through Netflix because I can't open my eyes and I'm vomiting too much. But now it's like 
every day, five o'clock, grab it, grab it by the balls. And I am out there every second of every day. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Yeah, I love it. And even it's, it's nice to be present at times, not doing yeah. anything, if you know what I mean. And so you've got that dual sort of energy of let's go out there and, and, and do stuff. But equally, you're present because that anxiety and that mental fog are sort of lifted to an extent that allows yeah. us to be present. I think it's so cool. And then something else you mentioned there about your daughter and almost being this sort of, I guess, a, a new beacon of change, giving her a different option, a different view, because when we grew up, we didn't see that, we didn't have it. Same thing, I started drinking at 13, like everyone else did. That wasn't exceptional, that's what everyone did, as far as I could see. But now there's this growing movement that's really accelerating over the last five or six years of sobriety or alcohol-free, which is really exciting. It seems to be becoming much more mainstream. Obviously, alcohol-free alternatives have just exploded. Nothing onto yeah. the market everywhere like how are you feeling about that like that wave that must give you hope for the future for, for your daughter oh, you know i think i think that's one of the things that scared me about going sober was every time i go to the pub i've got to order a diet coke or an orange juice and yeah. everyone's going to know that I'm, they're going to say oh she's a recovering alcoholic you know but now i mean I, i'm working quite closely with quite a few brands because they just absolutely excite me and and to be honest all the alcohol free brands they're just so they're such cool teams of people as well and i think they want to shine the message so brightly alongside us and i think there is no sort of excuse now because people say well, i don't want to go sober because i want to be able to go out you can go out there's loads of alternatives you get all the fun but none of the hangover i have to say i know some people can't touch alcohol free drinks and I, and I get that and i know that aa yeah you know does steer you away from that and i i say to people because there are days when i couldn't have an alcohol free beer if i'm struggling on a on a bad day i couldn't have an alcohol free beer because it's too close to it and i know that i'd yeah. be like oh I'd go and get another one but I think it is opening up options to people and I think what's key is for the sober curious or people that just want a better life or a healthier lifestyle looking at you know maintaining their health you know not necessarily going down the sober route I think it's going to encourage more people to do that and that that for me is amazing because as soon as you do try it a little bit you're going to love it and you're going to want to go sober trust me yeah and this is so true so like the area that i you know come from especially more in that prevention that the alcohol free alternatives have just been an absolute game changer when i started it was bex blue or nothing and you could rarely find any bex blue whereas now there's all these lovely alternatives and like you say i think it's starting to become mainstream enough and we know i mean the stats are playing out there's this sort of um two extremities there's the younger people that the amount that are sober or teetotal or whatever way you want to look at it or just don't drink i think prefer don't drink um is growing bigger and bigger but equally those that are drinking are drinking more so you're getting this sort of these extremities going on but let's i think for us focus on the exciting part that a lot of people are feeling much more comfortable about just not drinking now and it's so much easier if you're in that yeah i totally get it if you're in a space where maybe there's sort of some deep recovery going on then exactly that it's probably too close to home but i think for people coming through the sober curious like you mentioned it's now so uh easy to sort of socialize and not feel uncomfortable about ordering an alcohol-free alternatives all right you might get a bit of ribbing like you've always done but it's just it's it's lower whereas if you've got to stand there with an orange you know the orange juice the classic or like the, the, the coca-cola and everyone's like oh what's that about whereas if it looks like a drink yeah. and it tastes like a drink you get less questions you get like it's so silly isn't it it still hasn't got any alcohol in it but it's like this weird thing everyone's like, all right phew, i can breathe a sigh of relief it's not i think they're just fearful when it's obvious because when it's obvious it's in their face but when it sort of looks the same as theirs and really no one knows 
like the social pressure is just and i think that's that's something to talk about as well is the social pressure i mean that's still there in a massive way but that's definitely yeah. starting to change a bit i don't know how, what your thoughts are around I, yeah that's Going back to the alcohol-free drinks, I think that's another key thing about the AF drinks as well, is it is normalising yeah. not drinking. That it is, I know it's acceptable if people don't want to drink, but in society, where we're a society of we just get hammered and that's the acceptable thing and actually not drinking is the unacceptable thing. I think AF drinks are really normalising it. You know, you've had subscription boxes for beers and like spirits for like years and years, but now you've got subscription boxes for alcohol-free drinks with vegan boxes, with better life, you know, and all these things. And I think it's so key because there is such a stigma about it and it is such a shame. And I know that it puts so many people off actually trying to live a better life because they just don't want to not fit into society. Um, so I think I think it's great trying to normalise it as well. Sorry, the, what did you ask me at the very last question? Sorry, I went off on a tangent there. Don't worry, it was a good it was a good tangent. But you yeah. mentioned something there as well that I'm, I'm interested in because I know it's sort of on your profile and something that's important to you is veganism. Yeah, was that something that happened after? your sort of alcohol-free adventure or was that prior to it always part of it? I'm just interested. Right. I know a lot of people stop yeah. drinking and then they're drawn towards sort of plant-based. So I've always been, so from the age of seven, I've always been a vegetarian, um, which my mom couldn't really deal with. But at school, we watched this video, I won't go into it. And I just, I just couldn't That's get it. my head around what we did to eat meat. You know, I didn't and just comprehend it. Then about five years ago, my friend is, a vegan like warrior and uh, she was talking to me about it and I tried for ages to go vegan but I was so stuck on cheese my love of cheese was just overtaking you know yeah. give me cheese over vodka actually it would be cheese um so it was just really difficult and then I don't know um Gaz Oakley I don't know if you follow okay. him but he's a he, he's a vegan chef and uh, very passionate about what he does. And he makes meals that are insanely out of this world that you wouldn't even know any difference. So I started following him, started making his recipes, but then he put a video up about dairy and I've been vegan ever since, you know, having to be force fed to breastfeed, having breastfed myself as a woman, you know, it's just, it was, it just really got to me. But also it's about, I have looked into it more since sobriety as well and what it does to your body. And my little girl, she can't have meat because her digestive system can't process it. And that's what I looked into was actually we're not meant to process this processed meat that we're putting into our bodies. But veganism has got stronger for me since I have become sober, because as I was saying to Matt Pink the other day, um, it's not just about sobriety. I feel like sobriety gives you the key to turn a door and then you open it and there's this massive world outside of how you keep your body healthy, what you're supposed to be putting into it, what you're putting in to fuel it, how you're actually treating yourself, how you treat yourself with self-respect that you've got for yourself as well. And I think for years after abusing my body for such a long time in such a horrific way, now I only want to be kind to it, you know? So, um, so yeah, so I've always been a vegetarian and I did go vegan before I was sober, but definitely has highlighted veganism for me and spreading the vegan word as well yeah i love it and you know i think it's so true and i think it's something you said there at the end is is really poignant 
that it's that sort of clarity, not only in your mind, but also of, do you know what? It's probably about time I actually looked after myself, not, you know, just be kind to myself, not that rediscovery of thy authentic self. It's like, let's look after this one body because we get this one life. Mm -hmm. And what's the optimal way to do that? And I think what also happens is you get that consistency and that clarity, don't you? Because, you know, yourself, whether it's hangovers or extremes of that, that destroys any consistency in terms of nutrition or in terms of exercise yeah. and all those things. I think when you sort of remove that, you actually can figure, I mean, that was my big realization. I could actually tell what foods, for example, were making me tired. And I also could tell what foods were filling me with energy because I couldn't blame it on that sort of fog of sort of hangovers and just not quite rightness that just, you're always tired, right? So you can't work out what it is, but if you've got that sort of clarity and then you eat, a certain type of food and then you're really foggy and tired after it it's like ah oh, there's a direct link now between that food and the way that i feel therefore i'm not gonna eat that food anymore and i think that's what starts to bring people towards more clarity over what it is that they're putting into their bodies and all this stuff just starts to build doesn't it because then all of a sudden the alcohol's been removed maybe they're nourishing their bodies a bit more moving a bit more and then all this like lovely bright brightness comes back into people's lives and then these transformations happen very often in the way that people look as well, I think, which is so exciting. I think you're able to, because you're not fogged by alcohol and drugs, you're able to listen to your body as well. Yeah. So you're able to listen to what you're, you know, I know when my body's saying to me, you know, you need to have more water, you definitely need to have more greens. But I think from years of binge eating, you know, going three days on a coat session and then having three dominoes in one day, I, you know, wasn't listening to my body I don't think you know now when I go to the supermarket it's very rare like I will buy the odd ready meal but I cook everything every day from scratch I'm very I never used to do that I never used to look at labels I never used to look at recipe content or or anything like this and I think that it's focused now for me it's focused of what goes into my body and how it's going to alter my mind and alter what I'm doing from day to day because some foods can completely alter your mind as well and you know as you say you become lethargic and you think well it's just because I've been out for three weeks but it's not it's because of the crap that you're putting into your body um yeah it's just it's just key sobriety is key for you know highlighting nutrition as well think because you actually know the what the word is because you're starting to look into things as well a lot more yeah and i think that's the key you care you start to care about what's going in yeah. whereas when you know you're on that that roller coaster you, you don't care in truth it's just like get through it survival mode whereas when that's removed you've got time to reflect on it and then just coming back to your instagram what was the sort of i, I know you touched on the motivation about shouting it there for, for your friends to yeah. be a beacon for your daughter like what is the sort of vision for your Instagram and, and what is it that you're, I know you've got your uh, website as well and your blog. How do you see this sort of playing out over the coming months and years? So like I, I just started, well, my Instagram page was my Instagram page before I was yeah. sober. And then I got sober and started connecting with people and, you know, talking to people like Sarah DeRange and, and just yourself and Matt Pink and, you know, all the guys out there. I was like, actually, this is something bigger than I thought that it could possibly be. And the more I got sober, the more passion I had about it. And then looking at how I'd live my life. And if I'd have had this around me when I was 18, 20 years old, I wouldn't have ended up with a drug problem, an alcohol problem and a mental health problem, you know. And 
it's just it's just a fight. But going forward, so I'm halfway through writing my book on sobriety. I'm not preaching about yeah. I'm not preaching about how you know people should do it or you know I'm just talking about how I did it because I never ever thought it would be something within my life or my lifestyle. Um, as far as Instagram goes, I just want to grow it and grow it and as many people as I can connect with and push it forward. You know, I want to hold everyone's hand. We are an army of people and together we are stronger. And the, what's great about the sober community is that we're not bickering to, you know, who's who's better than who. We're all side by side and we all want the same intentions and we all want to push forward and educate people and strive to do that. And, and you know, so just really connecting with as many people as possible, shouting as, as much as possible and getting the message and working along with, you know, people. I'd really like to put an educational plan into place for little groups of teenagers in youth clubs and stuff like that. This this. I could, there's so many things, Andy, that I want to do that are burning inside me, but I know that it's small steps at a time because I'm still fighting to keep myself sober as well. And I think sometimes you can't lose sight of that. Although I want to shout and fight for everyone else, I'm still fighting my own battle and I will for the rest of my life. Hopefully it will be slightly easier than it is now on a day to day basis, you know, with time and longevity of it. But, um, yeah, just to push forward, push forward and keep the army going and get more recruits on board. Yeah, I love it. And it's so nice to be part of it. And it is this growing community, like you say. And I always think we're all on the same team, just playing in slightly different positions. And that's exactly what is needed yeah. because it's so niched. And what appeals to one person might not appeal to someone else, whether it's prevention, whether it's, you know, real hardcore recovery. We need more people out there of all different types and shapes and sizes and niches and genders this is, this is key as well because yeah. i think uh, going back to the stigma question is that we are all different from all different forms of life and you know mike from faithfully sober said something poignant yesterday if you take off our watches and our suits and take us out of our houses we are all the same like class doesn't define people with alcohol problems and i think people just see you know, men around their 50s with red faces sleeping on a park bench as a person with an alcohol problem. But I've I've recently met a 17-year-old alcoholic, you know, who's a child that you wouldn't... I mean, I didn't look like I got a drink problem. I was going to work every day. No one ever knew any different, you know? So as you say, I think that's what's great about the community is that we're all so different and we all bring our own individualities to it as well. But united all those together, we are such a force of nature. And I don't think anyone actually knows how powerful we're going to be, give it a year or 18 months time. Yeah, I absolutely love it. This is so exciting for me. Having, again, sort of sat on this for, for many, many years and it felt like there was literally a handful. And we can see this like growing wave of people coming through. And it really is that like it feels like that momentum's with us. I think the really obvious sign of that, as we've touched on, is the alcohol free alternatives that have just exploded. You know, all the big alcohol brands are having to get on that bandwagon. I'm sure, you know, begrudgingly some of them, but they're having to follow suit because the demand's there. People want this. Yeah. I think our, the children coming through or the teenagers coming through, they're seeing a different life. They're also seeing other adults in their lives now choosing a path of sobriety or, you know, in my, just choosing not to drink because why would they? It doesn't align with their health and their fitness and their vibrancy. So we're giving those lovely children and those teenagers a completely different view that didn't exist, you know, only 10, 
15 years ago, it didn't feel like that existed. It was literally the sort of vision of the park bench guy, you know, with, with whiskey in hand. Whereas now there's this whole new sort of trend that's moving. And like you said, I think together combined, we can be a real force. And isn't that exciting? Isn't it exciting to feel like you're part of something that's actually going to make like a cultural shift in the next five, it's ten years? Cha- it's changing history. Yeah, you know, we, you know, it's going to be a shift in, you know, mindset, society. It's going to be a change in history, you know, because from day dot, all people ever did was get drunk, and now all people are doing and getting sober. That yeah. that is a really, really cool thing. The revolution is. I've been saying the revolution, revolution is here for years, but it's it feels like yeah. it's finally it's finally gathering momentum. I don't know. Are you going to Matt's on the boat party? I have to ask everyone this. I don't know if you're, you're not on it. No, my daughter's having an operation, oh. so I've given my absolute deepest upset and regret that I can't, unfortunately, go. I'm very sad about that, but I will be there in spirit. He knows that I will be, so. Oh, totally, yeah. And I'll, yeah, I'll be there, and uh, we will do it something again anyway, because it'd be really nice. I think it's nice to get us all together in the real world as well. And yeah. I'm sure we I told Matt to do, um, I told him the other day that because he's very good at organisational skills, he's Mr Pink, uh, to get on a Christmas party. I thought that would be a nice little uh, do for us. And he said he did accept the challenge. So uh, oh, definitely at Christmas. All right, he's all right. on it. We'll catch it. up at Christmas. And this will be the first of many conversations. I love what you're doing. Yeah. I just want, again, wanted to thank you, Andy. I love what you're doing as well. Mr Motivation, honestly, <laughs> you just, I just love your energy. You know, the energy that comes from you every morning. It's just, yeah, it's just a buzz for the day. So thank you so much. Oh, this is so cool. And again, we will do this very, very soon. Uh, keep, yeah. keep being fab and we'll catch up in person pretty soon as well, I'm sure. Thank you, Andy. Have you a take care. Day. Have a good Thanks Friday, everyone. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this clip from my daily 7.15 a.m. BST live show, The Fun Side of the Island with Andy Ramage. You can watch live on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. Just search me up at Andy Ramage Official on Facebook and Instagram and on YouTube, just search for Andy Ramage. Don't forget, for the first time ever, I'm now training double accredited coaches in my unique coaching blueprint. Go to andyramage.com for more information. And if you'd like to train with me on my new online live Arate Way course, an adventure to your best self, head to andyramage.com courses. I'll make no secret of it. I would love to train with you. So let's make it happen. I thank you for listening. It's always deeply appreciated. And the best thing you can possibly do to show some love to the podcast is to click subscribe or follow. And I love it most of all when you share the episodes you enjoy on social media. You can just take a screenshot as you listen and put it out and tag me in at Andy Ramage Official on Facebook and Insta. You're all amazing. And finally, You can sign up to my free newsletter where I share exclusive posts along with things I'm enjoying at the moment, such as podcasts, books, quotes, TED Talks, and much more. And many of you messaged to say this is your favourite thing that I produce. So please check it out by going to andyramage.com and there's an option to sign up at the footer of every single page. As always, a massive thank you to the legend that is Matt McCormick for producing the podcast, as well as the music, and also Austin Sweetman, for digital promotions. You can find me on team at andyramage.com, at andyramageofficial on Insta and Facebook, and Andy Ramage on YouTube. See you back here soon for another episode. Let's do this.